Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. So, uh, great to be here. Welcome if you're online and you're joining us today. You work to shift on Sunday and you're catching up on Monday. That's brilliant. Or if you're just finding out about London Riverside Church, you are very welcome to join us online. Now today, I'm going to uh, continue our series. We've been talking about the fact that we are a household of faith. The scripture in Galatians 6 verse 10 puts it like this, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And I make no apology, I'm repeating myself this month because I want us to see that the scripture describes us, the local church, as a household of faith. The Bible describes us as a house, God's house, where he inhabits Uh, He dwells amongst these people. 1 Peter chapter 2 puts it like this. It says that we're living stones being pieced together into a spiritual house where God dwells by his spirit. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 5. That's us, the church. Now if you look into your Bibles, you'll realize that in the Old Testament, people often talked about the house of God going to the house of God, the tabernacle, the tent, the place of dwelling, the, the, the place of meeting, the place where you could meet with God. And as we come into the New Testament, Jesus made it very clear that, that we are now the meeting place. As we look into the scripture, as we read from the scripture, we realize that God's house is us. This is us. We're God's house. We're, God chooses to dwell among us. And that's an awesome thing. See, any family, any local family, has its, it has its values, has its traditions, has its traits. If you're raising children, you want them to have the certain values. You do what you can to pass those values on. You know, values in our culture is so ingrained in our way that we do things. We don't even think about it. We just do it. We just do certain things. We, we respond to situations in a certain way. We as a church family, we've been together for 95 years don't know if there's anybody in the room that was around in 1927, but we've been journeying a while, so we've formed some values as a family. We we want to emphasize those things, and that's what we're looking in on this month. You see, we've looked already at the fact that we are relational. We looked last week at the fact that we are empowering. Next week, we're going to look at the fact that we are passionate, and also uh, the week after that we're full of faith. But today, we're focusing in on the fact that we are generous. We are generous. We look for the opportunities to give and not to withhold our love, our encouragement, and our possessions. Now, don't miss this because generosity is not only a matter of finance, it's a way of living. It's a way of seeing. It's a way of approaching life and other people. We look for the opportunity to give and not withhold, to give our time when someone needs our attention, when someone needs our advice, when, when, when someone is just simply needs us to be there, we want to be generous. We want to be generous in how we encourage each other. The words that come from our mouths, we can be uh, generous with our words and with our speech. Psalm 36 and verse 7 has a wonderful expression of God's house. It says this, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Verse 8, they feast in the abundance of your house. You give them drink from your river of delights, for with you is the fountain 
of life. There's a description here, and I love that description, that there is an abundance in his house, an abundance in God's house. I believe that is a picture of who we are and who we can be in our community, that there is an abundance, and I don't simply mean this building and our facilities, I mean the abundance in God's people, the abundance of God's local church. That's us, friends, not the chairs, not the building, not the walls, that's us. And there is an abundance in God's house. And that is for those who take refuge, for those who delight in him, those who need to come to know him. I got a great uh, email I saw just a couple of weeks ago from somebody uh, who'd received the food parcels delivered to their home from our store city. And they wrote this message to the person that had referred them and it was passed on to us. It says, I'm truly grateful I've never had anything like that in my life. And the people that delivered it were truly nice people. How awesome is that? You are, you are nice people. You are, you are. And, and I, I love this bit. And I'm so grateful and really shocked. Now I think we could do some more shocking. Some more positive shocking in our community. Yeah? I think we've got the abundance amongst us, the abundance in our house, the blessing of God, the love of God, the compassion of God, and even the financial means that we could shock our community in a positive way. Truly shocked, it says here. He was really shocked. You know, this is a church family that is generous. Now, I want to home in on the area of our finances today. And, uh, you know, I believe... As the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth, and he's talking to them about how they're preparing to take, uh, to, to, to take up a special offering, a bit like what we're going to do next week. And so he's, he's talking to them, he's coaching them, he's encouraging them to get ready for this special offering. And he says these words in verse 7, but since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. So I want to talk about four things, not three points, four points in the same time. Uh, four things, how we can position ourselves to excel in the grace of giving. Because we are a giving church. And I believe that we are excelling, but there's room to grow. We haven't arrived. Paul says, come on, you, you're, you're loving, you're knowledgeable, you're all these good things. Now excel in the grace of giving. You know, some years, uh, well, quite a long time ago now, when my kids were just much, much younger, we were living in Vienna, and we actually lived for a long time above a McDonald's. Now, parents, just picture that for a moment, right? When you leave the house, there's McDonald's. When you come home... There's McDonald's. A lot of self-discipline. Talking about the kids, of course, not me. So, so occasionally, we'd go to McDonald's. And we'd be in McDonald's, and the kids were just, you know, three, four years old. Caden wasn't yet born, maybe. And we, 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 we're having the, the Happy Meal. Yeah? You can only get one if you're happy. person serving you happy, you're happy. Does it work? Okay. So you go to the Happy Meal. And you're sitting there around the table, the kids are super excited, all the sugar in that food is driving them crazy. And so they're enjoying their happy meal, okay? And then what I would always do is I would just reach over and take a couple of fries. 
because I'm dad, so I get to do that. I took a couple of fries. And just as I'm putting those fries in my mouth, well, you can taste it now, yeah? A little bit of salt, no ketchup, just as good as they are. Ooh. I'm just taking those fries, and someone will say, hey, they're mine. Is that right? Someone around the table is going to say, hey, they're mine. Really? Wait a minute, who, who just purchased these fries? <laughs> who just, who just organised your life to this stage where you can sit down with a Happy Meal and enjoy those fries? You see, the question is, whose fries are they anyway? Whose fries are they anyway? Now, I want my kids to enjoy them, and they can have them all, but sometimes I just want a couple, or three, or maybe four. Whose fries are they anyway? You know, we often forget that all that we have in this life is because of Him. We sing it on Sunday, but we've got to remember it on Monday, friends. That all that we have, all our provision. Remember, God said to His people early on in the Scripture, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 17, You may say to yourself, my power, the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is he that gives you the power to create wealth, as one translation puts it. So we've got to remember, get the perspective here, whose fries are they anyway? Now I know how hard this is because you've done your studies, you've got your degree, you've got your job, you've done overtime, you're working every single hour you can breathe, and you're saying, well, I earned this money. Yeah, you did. But whose fries are they anyway? When God says, uh, next week I'll take five and not two, is that good? Hmm. It's got really quiet. So, we forget so quickly. Now, some of us, there are times in our experience where you're thinking, but I've only got a few fries. It's one thing when you've got a large fries, yeah? Because you all go large in here. I'm not saying anything, but obviously. <laughs> Oops, I got myself into trouble there. You're the kind of generous people that would go large so you could share them, yeah? yeah? Okay, so, but sometimes you've just got a small little portion, yeah? You know those like budget kind of McDonald's meal things? It's like not even a pound and you've got some chips, right? And so sometimes you, in your life, you've only got a few fries. It's like, I don't have many left. It's all very well when I've got extra large and everything's going well and you can have what you need, Lord. But right now, I'm counting. There's 12 left. Yeah, I am that sad. I've counted them. <laughs> you see, let's jump into John chapter 6, where Jesus has been teaching this great crowds coming towards him, it says. And he says to Philip in verse 5, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, It would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. In verse 8, we read these words. Another of his disciples, Andrew, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. How far will they go among so many? You know, you look at those fries you've got left and you're thinking, how far are they going to go? There's no way I can meet this need. You see, the thing is, when we have little or it feels like we have less, those scarce possessions that we have, automatically we try to hoard them. We try to hold on to that which we have left. But you see, in God's plan, we can either hoard those special possessions or we can see them as precious gifts to be shared. 
some of the most heartbreaking, or shall I say, moving moments is where I've known generosity from someone who I'm thinking, can they afford to be that generous? They've, they've only got a few fries. Why are they sharing them with me? You know, there's something about when we see what we have as coming from God and we say, no, I don't need to hold tight to this, but actually this is precious. This is a gift that can be shared. Wow. So you know what happens in the story because 5,000 people plus were fed that day, right? Jesus begins to multiply the bread and the fish and 5,000 plus people are satisfied that they had enough to eat. And what does the scripture say? They collected 12 baskets of leftovers. You see, when God gets involved, there is an abundance in his house. There is an abundance if we'll be willing to recognize that they're his fries anyway. And we let him in and let him into that moment of generosity and let him do what only he can do. Not only will there be a correct provision, but there will be an abundance. There will be an abundance. Secondly, let's jump into Matthew chapter 26. Story tells of uh, Jesus is in the home of Simon the leper and a woman came to him with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume which she poured on his head as he was reclining at the table. Verse 8, when the disciples saw this, they were indignant. Why this waste? They asked. This perfume could have been sold at a high price and the money given to the poor. Why this waste? I want you to see something here. That the disciples saw the cost, but the woman saw the value. You see, we, if we're going to grow in the grace of giving, we must place value over cost. Place value over cost. You see, it's very difficult to be generous when we're focused on the cost. It's very difficult to be generous when we're working out how much there is. It seems too extravagant. It seems unnecessary. What the lady did and all that money, all that money, that perfume was wasted. It was too much. She could have just told Jesus she loved him. Would have been cheaper, right? And give the money somewhere else. But no, she valued. She had, she, she had, there was, a, there was expression of where her value was. Whereas the disciples were focused in, oh my, we've got, we're trying to budget for next week and they're wasting money on all that perfume. You see, we must place the value over a cost. We invest in that time, our energy, our finance, in what we value. And this doesn't mean being irresponsible, friends. When we're talking about our special offering next week, it's not about writing a check or making a transfer without thinking about what we're doing. This lady didn't just walk around with this jar the whole time, waiting to spill it on somebody. She heard that Jesus was coming into the village. She went home. She planned her offering. She planned that act of worship because she valued, had a great value on it, more than looking at the cost. And so when it comes to being generous with our finances, we... we it, it makes sense to be wise. Don't come along next Sunday and, and, and give some money without talking to your wife or your husband about what you're, what you're just transferred. Oh, Jesus will be all right. He'll fix it. No, no, he won't. You're in trouble. <laughs> I did it for Jesus. Yeah, well, you should have talked to your wife as well. Friends, there is a recklessness and at the same time, there's a sense in which we value something, we plan for it, we make it happen. So we place value over the cost. Now I'm going to jump around the Gospels here into Mark chapter 12. 
It says in verse 41 that Jesus sat down. He was at the temple and he sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the treasury. So when Jesus comes to church, he chooses a seat next to the offering. And then he gets his friends to gather around to watch what goes into the offering. This is the Jesus who's just been worshipping a few minutes ago. Watches the offering. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins, only worth a few pence. Now, there's a picture here that Jesus is showing us. Because those with money, they came to the offering. You've seen one of these coloured ones. They're good, aren't they? I like this colour. You understand what I'm saying, don't you? The other colours are good, but this is a great colour. Now, those with the money were coming to the offering, and they were like, oh, we are here. You can tell it's not my culture. I don't know how to do that, really. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. They were giving. Woo! And, they, and everybody knew that they were giving, and they had plenty to give. Just the one. Chop my money. So they're, they're doing what they do, and people are seeing what they're doing, and they've got plenty and more besides. And then Jesus says, well, hold on a minute. Did you notice the lady that had the few... This is actually a five-pence piece. I don't even seen one of those before. Yeah, because you don't really use them much, right? Just a few pence. Something that you'd miss. If you dropped it, you probably wouldn't find it. Yeah, okay. Just a few pence. What does Jesus say? Verse 43. Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more in the treasury than all the others. What's happening here? She's put more in. The five pence was more than the fifties. Pounds. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty and put in everything, all she had to live on. Here's the spiritual truth here, friends. Don't miss this. Our sacrifice is measured by what remains, not what is given. Our sacrifice is measured by what remains, not what is given. You see, in this room, amongst us here and those listening online, what we give sacrificially will be a different sum, like every different person in this room. A different sum would be a sacrificial gift. But remember, the, 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 sometimes it, you have to remember, it's not the amount that measures the sacrifice, it's what's left over. That's when you know you've sacrificed. When we give from our surplus, we haven't sacrificed. We've given from our surplus, which is a good thing. But when it comes to a sacrifice, when God speaks to our hearts about what we should give, then we will know when we've given that there's less left over. And then we know, God, now you do what only you can do. Let's see what God will do with our gift. That's what Jesus focused in on. And of course, he knows what an ultimate sacrifice looks like. It's not so how much, but it's what remains. So if we jump back into 2 Corinthians chapter 8, Paul starts to talk about the church in Macedonia. He says, my brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. There's this excelling in the grace of giving. And Paul wants to explain, listen, this is a journey that we're going to go on. This is a journey that we, that we can all take part in 
in excelling in the grace of giving. It says in verse 2, in the midst of very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Now don't just read over that. Let's think for a moment. In the same sentence, we have extreme poverty and rich generosity. They don't normally go in the same sentence. Paul is saying the Macedonian churches have been on a journey. Even out of their extreme poverty, it welled up into a rich generosity. It's a journey that we go on. It's a journey of faith. A journey of faith. And can I encourage each one of us, as I've journeyed myself, and I know many of you have as well, and I still continue to journey in excelling in the, the, the grace of giving. See it as a journey of faith. Each step, each time, requires a trust that God will do what only God can do. That God will increase my trust in Him with my finances. It says in verse 3, For I testify they gave as much as they were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to God's people. They exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves, what, notice this, verse 5, they gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. First of all to God, and then to the needs of others. You know, I, I, I grew up, when I started going to church, I was 14, 15 years old. I can remember my pa pastor preaching about giving, teaching about giving regularly, giving a tithe, giving offerings on top of that, you know, giving uh, to the work of God. And I remember going to see, him here, to see him, and I thought, I wasn't being smart, but I was, yeah? I said, look, that's really good about giving, but I don't actually earn any money. And uh, I don't actually always get uh, pocket money. So like, I don't actually, you know, how am I going to give if there's nothing to give? Fair question, right? I, I, honestly, I wasn't being smart. I thought, look, I love the Word of God. I was really had a hunger for the Word of God. But how do I do this when I don't have the means to do so? And he said to me, he was a wise man. He said, oh, that's okay, Gowan. Pray for some finances. Pray for a job opportunity. Look for a means to create wealth, and then you'll have the joy of being able to invest in the kingdom of God. He was a good pastor. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so, all right. So wherever we are at on the journey, we can move forward. If we're starting from zero, or we're, or, we're, or we're a bit further along the line in our giving journey, it's a journey of faith. We begin to trust God for what needs to be done. And then we begin to look for opportunity to be generous. Look for, be aware of opportunities around us. I remember quite a long time ago now, I was at a, a theme park kind of place with uh, my wife, Sarah, and uh, uh, she, we, she was getting the lunch and uh, we were buying some lunch and I was like secure, securing the table. You know, like you do when it's busy, that's my space. Someone else is buying, I've got the space. So I got the space. And Sarah came rushing back with our food and said, quick, quick, give me some money. This was before we were all using cards, right? So we're trying to find cash. So give me some money. I said, what, have you not paid? Have you run away with it? What's happened? She said, no, 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 no. Just give me some more money. Just give me some more money. She ran back. And then what I realized what she'd done was she'd been in the queue. And the person before her in the queue was with his son. And he didn't have enough money to pay for the lunch. So maybe some of you have even been in that situation. And you have to put back yours, but the son gets lunch, right? So she, re she remembered what they'd ordered 
and uh, ordered it again, paid for it, took it to the dad. And when I found this out, I thought, I definitely married the right wife. I think. But, you know, it's things like that. We can do this, friends. Just see the opportunities around us. Spontaneous, there's always the opportunity to be generous, whether it's our time, whether it's our attention, love, encouragement, even with our finances. We can all do it. To the measure that we have, we can do it. But there's also the sense in which we plan our generosity. We make arrangements. You know, we, we plan to keep giving food, food parcels out. We're not, well, let's see if we can give some food parcels out this week. No, 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 no. Store City is going to serve this community this week, the next week, into next year and beyond. We're planning for it. We're planning to be generous. We plan next week to give what we can to extend our reach and see the mission of his house accomplished. We, we plan what we're giving in our missions. It's not, oh, well, let's see if there's anything left and maybe our friends in France will be able to eat this week. No, 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 no. <laughs> in our missions given, we plan it ahead. You see, there's a generosity that becomes a part of our way of living that it's not only by chance or seemingly coincidence that we get to be generous, but no, we're planning how this happens. We look for ways to be generous. We look for ways to give and to not withhold. So I'm excited. You've got some of these on your seats, these envelopes for next week. If you're giving online, you can say so, you're giving online. Don't use these envelopes today. These are for next week. But some of you, I know you want to take them home. You're going to pray. You're going to consider what, what you're going to write on there, what you're going to put in there. But we plan to be generous. We look for ways to be generous. And I believe, because I know, and there's lots of stories we could tell, but my time's through today of how we journey with God. It's a journey of faith to extending giving. Don't look around so much at what everybody else is managing to do. Talk to Jesus about what you can do right where you are. Like I said, you may be in incredible need at this time. I've been talking about having a few fries. Your fries might be gone altogether. There's no fries left. But the journey can still start for you, as it did for those in the scripture. Maybe you're on extra large fries. Times two. Whose fries are they anyway? Whose fries are they anyway? Let's position ourselves, friends. We are a generous people, but it's my heart's desire that we would journey and excel in the grace of giving. I wonder if we can stand together. We're going to pray. Band are going to join us in a moment as we sing a song of worship. But I know... You've, you've listened well. A whole 25, 30 minutes on giving. Some of you are still smiling. Some of you are thinking about the fries, yeah. But right where you are, I encourage you if it helps to close your eyes, but just let's just do business with Jesus a moment. Father God, we invite you into that area of our lives that often we won't want to share with anyone else. Lord God, you told us very clearly we cannot serve God and finance. But you also make it very clear that finance is not the enemy. Finance is not the problem. We thank you that you gave us the power, the ability to create wealth. We thank you for your abundance, Lord God. We thank you for jobs in this house. We thank you for your provision 
that has come by work or supernaturally, whichever way, you have been a provider. You are our provider. So we thank you for the blessing of God. We thank you that this house will be a house of abundance, not only for our own enjoyment, Lord God, but this will be a place where we will be able to bless others in Jesus' name. Lord God, I pray now that you would help each one in our journey of faith. Lord, help us to recognize whose fries they are. Help us to always place value above cost. Lord God, help us to recognize that true sacrifice is measured by what is left and not what is given. Father, we invite you, Holy Spirit, take us on that journey, we pray. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today and we hope you have an amazing week.